I'm Arielle. And I'm Ricky, and together we make the Bravo Critics. This is the place where we discuss pop culture news and all things Bravo. We'll also have interviews with some really cool people, including some of our favorite Bravo celebrities. So grab a drink and hang with us. Everyone's a critic. Welcome, Bravo critics, Ariel and Ricky here. Uh, as many of you know, Roni is where it all began for us. And today we are living the ultimate Roni dream. We have an author, an entrepreneur, a radio host, the housewife who always makes it nice. Let us welcome Dorinda Medley, everybody. I was going to say, who's that? I want to meet her. <laughs> I mean, the woman of many, many talents, you know, and that's just to say the least. But, you know, the jack of all trades and the master of nothing, you know what I mean? <laughs> Richard, when Richard was alive, he'd say, Dorinda, because Richard was a very macro thinker and I'm a very micro thinker. So I like to get my hands in everything. And Richard just thought macroly. So he would just like throw it out to the gods and make everyone else do it. So I'm trying as I proceed in my life. Uh, operate pause to be more macro and less micro because I would get involved in absolutely everything possible. Like on the show, I like I'm a meddler, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. So how, can I come? That's what Hannah would say. <laughs> I'm the same way though, so it's definitely that would be that's a hard transition. So I definitely applaud you for making that you know attempt to Trying. do that. thinking yeah. big picture is what it's about. You know, at the end of the day, big picture. You know, so well, I enjoy busy work. Like, I can waste hours. I can say to Hannah, and Hannah, my daughter, is the opposite. My daughter is very focused and very, like, on point. Whereas I can sit at a desk and say, okay, I'm going to go through all my emails. I'm going to be really focused. And I find it's noon, and I've just spoken to, like, 19 of my friends. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's lunch. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to eat? <laughs> can you imagine how hard it was for me to write a book? Well, I mean, I'm sure that being able to lock yourself away was helpful, right? And then wasn't Hannah there? So she maybe sent you back to your room to get back to writing. Hannah, Hannah was such a huge help. I would write a paragraph and then she would uh, sit with me because, you know, Hannah's a real true academic. Mm -hmm. So she would sit with me and be like, what are you trying to say here? I'm like, I don't know. What am I trying to say? She's like, mom, you need to focus. <laughs> But that's got to be awesome to have her expertise and such an amazing journey to have your daughter edit your book. Yes, I mean, I mean my God. You know, it's a funny thing. When, um, I, was, when I was married to Richard, he was, uh, used to speak at the Council of Foreign Relations, and we used to have to go to all these, like, very, you know, political cocktail parties. And that wasn't a hat that I was used to wearing, so I used to get worried. You know, I, used to, I remember one night he's like, we're going to this cocktail party at the council. It's going to be Madeline Albright and Richard Haas and Condoleezza Rice. And I'm thinking, oh my God, oh my God. So I go to this cocktail party and of course I win the room over. <laughs> Comment on the pin. Talk to Condoleezza Rice about her piano expertise because I Googled everyone Richard Haas had a flirt with. So I get in the car with Richard and I said, come on, Richard. I'm pretty incredible i mean look at me i i really think i may be the most interesting person in the world i i'm gonna write a book he said let, let me tell you something dorinda medley you could talk to me about laundry and i will listen but please i 
beg of you, do not try to write because you are too social and too happy to be a writer. Please. And so that it's well, and I feel like you're so perfect for your role on the radio too, because like you just have so many interesting things to talk about. It's like they might be sometimes just random things, but I just love listening to the show. And I, I've been listening. I listened when you had the show the, the first time too, and I was super sad when it went away. Well, they had to take it away because at that point there was a conflict with, you know, even though it's Radio Andy, I could do the filming of the show. Well, I was I, back then. I'm hoping, you know, if we go back and I get asked back to Legacy that I can keep it going because I'm going to tell you something. I, I love doing The Housewives. I love that platform. But I love radio. I know. They need it's, to make your show two hours long. I said, I, it goes so fast. And what I really love is it's, I try to, when I was, when we were talking about it, I try to pitch it as like, I wanted it to be like the old NPR radio shows I grew up listening to. Like, you know, mm -hmm. this is Delilah talking to you today about what do you do after divorce? And my mother used to actually call in and give a false name. She'd be like, hello, Delilah. This is Sally from Michigan. I'm like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Delilah's still on the air. She is. I mean, I grew up listening to Delilah, you know. And that music in the background. Na, yeah. na, 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 Delilah. Yep. <laughs> I'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I remember listening to that as like a kid. I would be like in the car on the way home from my grandparents' house or like dinner. And that would be what would be on the radio. And that's my child. Well, you know, what, you know what I think about Delilah was too. And I've spoken to my mother because my mother was an avid radio listener when she cleaned, when she was in the car, when we were at piano lessons, she used to lay in the back and listen to whatever talk show was on the piano. I think it was the only, and I'm, you know, I'm all about women empowerment, women's voices, speaking your truth, being able to have help if you need it. But back then you got to remember that my mother, like a woman, my mother who had her first baby at 19, then 21, 23 and 25, had four kids at 25, no money. My father was working two jobs. I think this was in a weird way, a way for them to have an outlet. So she would listen to all these women call in and complain about their husbands. And for her, even though she loves my dad, you know, right. they were, it was a way for women to sort of anonymously have therapists. So yeah. I, I love I love that kind of idea that people can call in and have like free therapy. I really do believe in another life I would have been a great therapist because I'd love to get into it with anyone. I think so, and I think Maybe that's part of your next six year cycle, right? Um, so if anybody has not read Dorinda's book, Make It Nice, make sure you run out and get a copy. In her book, she references you know, every six years, how she found herself in a transition. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that? It's, it's so amazing. I kind of, you know, I grew up very Catholic and very spiritual. I mean, I, I kneeled to like 25 life-size statues in my house before I went to school in the morning. Like St. Christopher, make sure I get there. Okay. St. Anthony, make sure you find that thing I lost, you know, St. Mary, take mother of all mothers, St. Anne, mother of all mothers, mothers of mothers. You know, yeah. my mother went to church every day. Okay. And that's, and, you know, when you grow up in sort of a big, you know, people think that I'm very Upper East Side, you know, and I'm very uh, blonde Upper East Side. But the truth is you scratch the surface and I'm just like a gangster in Gucci. You know, I'm very Italian, very Polish. You know, so I play this role very well that I've adapted to it. But the truth is I grew up in a very ethnic. I mean, my biggest weddings were at the FB, uh, what was it called? BFW. BFW. Yeah. The first time I went to a fancy wedding in New York City when I moved here, I was like, these people are dull. 
Like, where's the buffet? Where's the dollar dance? Where's the where's the drunk uncle? You know, these people yeah. are dull. Oh my gosh! And so that's what you said when you went to um, a wedding with John. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Years later, you're like, this is awesome. Well, that's what. That's why. I, that's why it struck me, John. When John took took me to Okio Castle, and I saw the blue smoke come through the doors, and the woman come out in this huge gown, and everybody, I was like, now I'm back home. I am now 16 again. Okay. Oh. And, you know, I thought it was sort of interesting because reading in your book that that's where you went to a wedding with him, that it's sort of that location almost bookended a six year yes. period for you because that's where the reunion was. And it seems like, you know, every six years I go through a transition in my life. I was married to Hannah's father about six years and then I was like, it's time to change. Then I was single for six years and I married Richard. It's like sixth, seventh year. And then, you know, I was on the housewives for six years. So, and then each change, I've sort of had that moment where I'm like, but my mother calls me a cat and, you know, I always land on my feet where I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, you know, it's a, I can't do this. Like I'm over, it's done. I'm a loser. I'm never going to be able to do anything again in my life. But within that sort of period, that year period, I always sort of, my mother thinks I'm like the ultimate, like, uh, you know, hustler like I can always figure something out I was selling things when I was like 12 years old you know what I mean waitressing dusting I'm very um resourceful that way yes yeah I mean I I thought I knew a lot about you beforehand but then once I read your book I was just astonished I mean the hustle you know knowing that you went to you know, the, I didn't realize that you had went to New Jersey and, you know, did the whole Macy's thing and oh, Liz Claiborne yeah. and the Cashmere Company. I mean, and that's just scratching the surface. And this is all like, I mean, you and I love it because when I read it, you know, I'm a mom. So I kind of read it in a pre-Hannah, post-Hannah too, kind of because yeah. it's like it's two different worlds. Once you become a mom, you know, it's like your heart is walking outside of your body. Right. right. Um, so I think you stole that line from my book. <laughs> it's, I mean, because it, it's there's nothing there's nothing more true than that, right? Because, yeah, right. I mean, it really it's it's a bond unlike any other. And then just just the invisible your, string. Yeah, yeah, and that the invisible string. Yes, I loved when you yeah. said that. And then you you know you with your mom too. You know the three the three generations and how how you guys, how she is such a pivotal, I mean, both of your parents, obviously, but how your mom was such a pivotal person in your life. And I love how you, oh. pref like, I reference her all the time. <laughs> yeah, listen, I think the maternal um, thing in my family is very big, from my great-grandmother, Amelia Caligari, to my grandmother, very Vera Magadini, to my mother. You know, the, I've been, I mean, listen, my great-grandmother was a midwife. She used to leave her house with her own and go be a mid. She died of the Spanish flu ultimately because she was told to stay home, but she was like, no, I'm getting out there and delivering babies. Her, I guess her husband said, don't do it. So I come from a lifeline of very strong, independent, resilient, badass women. I remember when, once when I was little, I must have been seven or eight, and um, Grandma Kelly Gary was sitting in my, the living room, and my mother, of course, was like laying out the spread with the, you know, you know, the, 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 you know the, what was it called, Sanka and the Fryhofer's coffee. I said, Grandma, why are you here? She goes, oh, my house is burning down, but it's okay. Don't worry about it. And I'll never forget it. Thinking, okay. You know what I mean? And she had those yellow braids. And literally, as I got older, I'm like, what happened that time? She goes, oh, the sparks came on the chimney and her house started burning down. So she came by to my house until they figured it out. But that was, 
that was my women, the women, and but I think they've also married very strong men. But I don't really remember in on my Italian side women being overly dependent on men, which has been sort of a curse and a blessing for me. Which I always think is why it's so hard for me to stay in marriages too long. They either divorce me or they go to heaven. You know, they're like enough because I'm very strong, very yeah. strong. Well, it definitely takes a strong man for sure. I mean, correct. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I have to ask you. So you you came from your humble beginnings. You said in your book, and I remember you saying this, I think one time either on an interview, on the show, and it really stuck with me. And then you touched on it in the book. And it was probably one of the most kind of significance outside of like kind of connection with you and your daughter. But how you had said, um, you know, I used to look at that house on the hill. And then, you know, my, you know, my, my grandfather and my father worked on this home and my father was a telephone man. And when he came to my home, after I purchased the home, you had said he went, he went to, to, the, to the, back back door. Door. the back door. You're like, dad, yeah. I own this. That place. was a real come to, you know, you know, and that was, I, I think that was really the moment where all the, you know, I used to, I was very, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. My mother will tell you, this is true too. I always thought better of myself. Like I, I, I am the walking thing of if you believe it, other people believe it, will believe it. So even though I knew, I was kind of, I, I had, a, I sort of had imposter syndrome, you know, like I was playing a role. No one ever knew because I, my mother sent me to prep school, so I had to start playing this role. And in New York, no one, you know, I kind of played this role. And Hannah said to me the other day something so interesting because I've got invited to the Variety Magazine dinner, which is 200 women that they feel like are big influencers and businesswomen in, in the U.S. and they invited me and Hannah said stop with this imposter syndrome you're there because you belong there so there was a lot of years where I was like I felt like I didn't belong there but I fooled them enough you know to get my crawl myself yeah. up so I think a little bit when I saw my dad go through that door go, or go towards that door I was like you don't need to do it anymore like I'm no longer an imposter this is really mine okay we like now we're done you know what I mean? I fooled them all and look where I am now. I'm, you know, I own this beautiful house that we would sit down at the gate looking at and he didn't even believe it. My dad used to be like, of course you are a princess. I'm like, no, really, I'm going to own the house one day. And, you know, part of me believed it, but part of me was, listen, I was a real striver. I kind of did it with the way I got married, the way I worked. I just didn't date a bunch of losers and stuff. I was like, what's the point? You know, I always had an end game. Um, I think I probably lived like before, you know, uh, uh, I think I'm, yeah, I really do because I always was like, could see forward. Really? Yeah. I remember even as a young person thinking, would that be a good father for my daughter? Like, is he going to help me get to where I want to go? That's, hey, that's a big <laughs> well, and, picture. That's yeah. more big picture than you realize that maybe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and see, I think that's like one of the amazing things I learned about from reading your book is that you always, you never just like, well, you don't let anything get you down for very long. You know, no. you take that time to recoup and you're like, okay, look, here's what I'm going to do next. That's <laughs> the fucking pass. We're moving on. Yeah, I am I very that. much like that. Bounce back. So, yeah. um, yeah. So that's so, I mean, survival. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You got to do it. And my mother's like that. Listen, after Richard died, I was doing the whole, woe is me, crying, of course, grieving and, and not getting. My mother came down who, Literally never really, I mean, until Richard passed, I'd never really slept in my bed with my mother. 
And I was doing so poorly after Richard died that she came and stayed with me in this apartment. Hannah was living here and she slept with me. And one morning she said, now listen, we're going to go take a walk. Now you're going to go wash your face. Because although we're very sad that Richard had to go, you're not dead. So we got to keep now, get up and start moving again. Yeah. I love. And I was like, but I guess she goes. Well, okay, yeah. No, he's no. All, we got to keep him moving now. What's next? Because Richard, you know, you unless you, you know you want to go with him, you're here, right? And and I literally she take me to the park and walk every day. And you know there is not that she didn't allow me to grieve because I would still cry with her, but she just helped me enough not to drop down to you know not being able to slowly crawl out of it. You know, she cooked for me. She walked with me. She got me down. To, one thing about my mom is she always brings me back to the basics. She's very real. Yeah. Yeah. She mothered you. She mothered yeah. you. She needed your mom. And and I, I got to tell you, I cried in your book at one point when you wrote about you and Hannah after he had passed away and how you laid in the bed and you went to sleep and you had woke up to her kind of crying in the bed and you two just kind of laid there together and, and you know, had that moment and cried together. I was just sobbing yeah. as they were there because I just thought terrible. of me and my daughter but to be you know to be able to feel those feelings together and then have your mom and you be that support for her as well it was a really beautiful thing and I thought it was you know beautiful for you to share my that. mother has been like is so amazing like that and you know she really is sort of even when I was put on pause you know all these people call I refuse to talk about it you know the day after I got the day I got it was funny because John Giswold had died on the Sunday and I was put on pause on a Monday from Jero by Jerobic's partner, who was actually one of my best friends. I called him every day at 530 because he was one of my early morning friends. Uh, so on Monday, when they put me on pause, I was like, I just couldn't believe it. And I, But to everybody, I was like, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I didn't even want to talk about why I was put on pause. I'm like, no problem. I'll take a year off. It's COVID. <coughs> but... I didn't, everybody, I'm fine, I'm fine. I got in the car. Do you know the minute I got to my mother's house and she answered the door with her miracle glove? I was like, it's really bad. They fired me. Because she's really safe place. She's your safe place. Yes, 100%. Like, oh, let's not worry about that shit. Those re rejection is protection. You'll, what you don't know now is that you'll be thanking them in a year. Do you want something to eat? I'm like, all right. <laughs> I, I love that saying, rejection is protection. I've never heard that, but I'm going to keep that with me because that definitely. Well, and look, at, it ended up being a blessed year for me because I got to take care of my parents during, not take care of them, but sort of oversee them during COVID and be in the Berkshires, which I haven't been able to spend that kind of time with my parents for 20, 30 years. Be at Bluestone Manor for a long period, which was great. Not have to film during COVID, yes. which was great. Um, write my book, get finally get this bourbon out, which took me like five years, and I never really committed to the bottle, to the peacock, to the this, to the flavor, to, and just really, you know, grow myself in a different way again. You know, stop, you know, it takes a minute when you've been on Housewives for six years, and I can't imagine for people like Luann and, and Ramona and stuff, you know, it is really in your head. Like, you, you eat it, you drink it, you, you sleep it, if you're a good housewife. Like, it's authentically your life. Right. So it takes a minute. It's just, you know what it's like? You know the first year you're out of college and everybody goes back in the fall and you're sort of like, like you're at graduation, you're like, I'm so happy. Ooh. And then September comes and, you know, you're like, 
why am I not going back to college? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so we'll, we'll get into that part in just a little bit, but I, I sort of want to go back to before you joined the show. So you were approached at a different point before you actually joined the show. Um, you mentioned in your book that Richard was encouraging you to do that. What, what season would that have been? Well, Richard didn't encourage me to do the show. He encouraged me to go to all the events. Like Tall Richard events. sort of, I think Richard kind of liked the, I mean, he was the first one to always sign those, the releases. I'm like, really? Um, <laughs> <laughs> which was so odd well, because he, he was like a geopolitical writer that was like George Soros's, you know, counsel and Hillary Clinton's, you know, campaigner and all this. I'm like, really? I don't know. There was something about, but that's what I liked about Richard because he was wacky like that. Um, you know, it just didn't fit in my life before that. I went on with Jill. I was, if you go back some of the seasons, I'm in the old seasons. Yes. I would go to the events and I'd be part of it. But it just what the timing wasn't right. And, you know, Hannah was in private school and I was a single mother. And, you know, I had a directive for Hannah. Different. Her father wasn't keen on it, who's very Scottish. And we just, it just, everything in life is timing, you know? For sure. For sure. I, I don't know if you know this, but so we, you know, we said our, our love for Roni is kind of what connected Ricky and myself. So we kind of started Bravo critics all began with us deciding that we wanted to do a Roni rewatch. We were going to do one season each month and record like a series about it and just have fun and just relive the glory days. Um, so we are. The glory days. I mean, you know, it's so, I mean, we've watched a million of the episodes over and over again. We've binged it, but we thought, okay, like, let's go and actually start from the beginning and let's like dissect it. And well, listen, someone, someone sent me this yesterday and I was like, I'm gonna, I don't know if you probably can't use it, but I'm going to show it to you. It really made me like, we, it kind of was the glory days, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I want to just show you this thing someone sent me. It kind of gave me like a little moment of like, I was like, wow, that's true. It was like this. Hold on. Well, and you know, we did our My next guest, always have a great night. It's our hometown heroes, the real housewives of New York. <laughs> Bravo, right? Right? It's like a, it's like another level. Yeah. So good. And I think that, that that's what they have to get back again. You know, they got to get back because people just really had a, were very interconnected with us and we knew it so yeah. we and we all really knew each other so well so you know although it was intensified and stuff it worked it, it and, worked. We, and I someone sent me that yesterday I'm like you know what we were kind of hometown heroes and listen when when Bethany was on I mean there'll never be a housewife like Bethany you know she just it's just but I always say it's a group thing like some people are we're all different in different ways there's not one person like, I don't think I could carry a show on my own, but I think collectively with all the different people, that's what makes it so. It's like Baskin Robbins, you know what yeah. I mean? So good. Yes. I mean, and you know, so we just did season four. Our la we just finished season four for our last episode that we just recorded and you made your appearance on season four. So we saw you at the table. There was an altercation with the girls. They were going at it. You were kind of just there in the background and it was like. I was wearing re a red, red dress, right? Yes. 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 You were wearing your Roni red already, you know? I would know. That was an Oscar an Oscar suit that Richard had bought me for an uh, for a, an event I just did in Washington. So I thought this is perfect. 
I love my Oscar De La Renta was my grandmother's absolute favorite it's designer. My favorite. That she's it's got, so my favorite. Like, her old sense to, uh, of like the powders and stuff that they don't even make anymore. I have one sealed pack of all of his original stuff from hers, you know, from her that we won't open, but it, I smell it and it smells like her. It's amazing. That's, he's it's he's the best. Yeah. I just bought it. I just. Before. Oh, sorry. Go and, ahead. You know what? I didn't really until I was on it because my life was so. Hannah and my stepkids and Richard and, you know, running our life and doing all that. I mean, I, you know, I was really Mrs. Medley and I loved every minute of it. Like I would still be Mrs. Medley if you were around, you know, like that. I really play, I really did that role super well. It worked for us. He knew his job. I knew my job. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I wasn't um, sure if you were like, what are the, what are the girls getting themselves into? What's, what's Jill up to? Yeah. <laughs> now, I really didn't, you know, but I was friends with the girls off the show. So yeah. I would see them socially and didn't really, didn't really engage with them on sort of a housewife level. Yeah. Um, so you knew both Ramona and Jill. Did you know the rest of sort of the cast at that time in season four? I knew Ramona, Jill, and Luann super well. Of course, I knew Sonia, but I knew Sonia more from events and from like when I've seen her abroad and stuff. Uh, when I lived in London, because she's very good friends with a lot of my friends from London. Oh. Um, but I never really, you know, if I saw Sonia in a room, we would always be like, hey, what's up? And then we kind of got closer on the show. But she was always more Ramona's friend in the early yeah. days. They were really close. And they'd go out, and I, I knew Ramona by day because she, her daughter went to my daughter's school, to Sacred Heart. Oh, so okay. she, was, she was like my day person. And I think Ramona went out with Sonia more at night. I didn't really go out at night at that point because I had, you know, kids at home. Oh, I didn't realize the girls. I didn't realize the girls went to school together. That's interesting. And then, yeah. so you and so you kind of gravitated a little bit more to Luann. That you know, like you know, no Ramona and Avery. No, 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 no. I'm saying like Hannah and Avery. Avery went to school, but since Ramona at nighttime was doing her thing with Sonia, you and Lou got to build yeah. your bond too, right? No, not really. No? I just knew I just knew Lou through the social group, and she'd always be at the same parties I I was at. So oh. you know, so. Our friend Sheila had a big bar mitzvah one year, and we just were dancing. We just, you got to understand, the Upper Side back then was a very different place. Everybody knew each other. You know, we were all going to the same cocktail parties, all going to the same schools. You just, you just knew each other. Yeah. You even said in your book, I think at one point you run into people on the street, you know, even for a big city, it's, you know, a small, you've got to have that. Yeah. And I don't know if the Upper East Side has that as much because I don't have kids in school anymore, but it's a very tight group up here. And that's, I think, why Roni is one of the best shows. And I think that's why they can also do a legacy is because you guys have known each other and had these relationships for years. And it definitely Correct. makes the stakes higher, too, because, mm -hmm. you know, you expect someone that's been your friend to not be as crazy as we've seen in some situations. Yeah. Well, but we kind of know what we're doing. I say yeah. it's like it's like it's like NFL football. You go on, you do your thing, but when you get off the field, you kind of pat each other on the ass and keep it moving. You're <laughs> some better than others, but that's not kind of the way it is. Yeah. Are you so? Uh, we know you're still in contact with Luann. Are you? Do you still talk to any of the other girls much? Sonia, I've been in contact with, but not much. Sonia's, I think, living out. Um, I don't know if Sonia's in New York right now. Um, Leah, not Ramona at all. Yeah. So Ramona, I think, is more in Palm Beach now doing that whole thing. Yeah. What is your relationship like with Jill? I'm curious. Because I feel like we... Very we good. Oh, okay. Good. You know, yeah, she was just at the... I've known Jill forever. 
I feel like we didn't get like a lot of maybe on TV a lot of Jill Dorinda interaction, so I'm really excited for. Well, what she was she was never on when I was on. Right. Yeah. So I never... wouldn't be. Yes. Yeah. So she was by the time I went on, she was off. Yeah, and then right. you guys, she popped up at like a party, right? One year, um, the uh, the right. Halloween party. Well, she would, she would. I pretty much Jill pops up every single year with you know at an event, but. As far as, you know, popping up at the party in the background and filming is very different, so to think, because they're not really part of the storyline. Right. Yeah. You've mentioned how there's, like, a wall that, like, an yeah. a wall. I mean, you, you interact and stuff, but you're not going to take, like, Missy and bring her into a big storyline, because they'll just cut, they'll add, they're not going to edit it. They kind of keep it very, it's sort of like the background noise and stuff like that, but you're not going to start up a whole storyline with someone that's not really... On the show, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm curious. I have a question. So, um, did you, you know, you said you were surprised, you know, once you joined the show for people to kind of know who you were, were once the show aired. You had to stop walking, you know, in, in your pajamas and, you know, your, your hoodie in the morning and all that. Was there anybody in particular that you were really surprised that was a fan of yours? Yeah, I couldn't believe that Rihanna like took to me so quickly, <laughs> and like Nicki Minaj, and and but my best is Sarah Paulson. Oh, I love that. I love Sarah Paulson. She's my fa- She's my favorite. I mean, it's got to make you feel like a badass if someone like Rihanna sliding into your DMs. Just yeah, going, right. Love this. Yeah, but Sarah Paulson, when she was when I went on Watch Rappers Live and surprised her, and she was so excited. I, I was that. sort of taken aback. I was like, "What?" Like, because <laughs> you don't really think of yourself that way. You kind of do your job and leave. You don't really believe that there's a residual effect on people, right? But there is. The Bravo world is. I was just saying it to someone the other day. Oh, um, oh, I was walking um, on the harbor and the har- I was on, in Boston uh, last week doing an appearance, and I decided to go to Cambridge and walk through Cambridge and just go see Harvard and. Because so nice. it's just so beautiful, right? And go to the, and I'm walking through, and there's all these students walking by, and they're like, "Is that Twitter Madison?" Oh my god! I'm thinking, Man, you go to Harvard, okay? Why are you interested in this? And this? <laughs> so obviously, this Bravo thing has a long reach. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing, I'd say. It and, and I think I, that's why it was so heartbreaking when it didn't work. You know, season thirteen wasn't good because people, it was such a loss for a lot of people. Did so you watch that season as it was airing? I didn't. A little, was it just sort of like you didn't want to. You know why I didn't watch it? Because I didn't want to comment on it and I didn't want to distract from where I was in sort of my growth. Yeah. You know? You needed to focus on you. Yeah, I just needed to focus on me and just sort of, you know, be in my moment up in the Berkshires. I was just in a different headspace. And what could I do about it? It would just upset me and. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. I think I would have probably been in the same mindset. Focus on you one, you know, one, and you were right. COVID. I was writing my book. I was with my parents. I was just, I just knew that if I watched it and, and it just would have upset me. Yeah. yeah. Priorities. You had your priorities. So, I, so I'm very out of sight, out of mind. Like if something really bothers me, I just pretend that it's dead. Oh, that's great. That I, really do. I really do. I'm like, well, that's, you know, I said when my when my niece was uh, mourning over a boyfriend so desperately, I was like, dude, just pretend he's dead. And then you, you're just like, don't worry. He's, he's done. And block his phone and do everything and just, then they don't exist anymore. Yeah. I, I couldn't date if I had to these days. <laughs> How's the dating life going? 
well, I got a date tomorrow night. Yeah, trying mm-hmm. hard. That's awesome. I love it. Um, okay, so tell everybody um, if we are going to maybe get any more, maybe a possibly a three-generation cooking book, because I'm, like, obsessed. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I've actually approached uh, Simon & Schuster to do, like, an entertainment cooking you know, uh, setting tables, decoration book, but they're not biting. So I'm wondering if I should, yeah, I'm so, I'm so surprised they're not, I, so far they're not that interested. So I'm thinking about maybe going to Harper's Collins or someone like that, because I think timing is everything. Mm-hmm. And I really think after COVID, people are more than ever interested in that type of thing. I think we've all kind of gone backwards to go forward. Yeah. yeah. A hundred percent. I think that it would be amazing. I think that you have so much to offer and I just loved, you know, I love, I just love when I just see you on like an Instagram live or just when you're you know, anything and I see, oh my gosh, those glasses on her table are so cool. Oh, that china, <laughs> that bright yellow china with the green glasses and you know, this and that. It's just so cool to me. And I think that you are definitely a vibe. And I think that your, your daughter is also very cool. Very and- I like watch your YouTube. Although she doesn't, she doesn't really uh, come on with me. She's actually muted me from her Instagram. I actually, so, <laughs> and I'm not allowed to like use her on my Instagram. She says, at one point she blocked me, but that was sort of jarring. But now I think <laughs> you took it too far, mom. You took it too far. You no, her. she just, she just doesn't want to, you know, Hannah's never been a big Bravo person. She went on once a year. And that was it. And she would come on and be very impactful. Yeah. And then she would disappear. But Hannah's, that's not who Hannah is. Hannah's like really, really an academic. She's like, she's so different than me. It's just not her interest. Hannah doesn't even acknowledge me as a Bravo celebrity. Nope. Really? Yeah. Well, so what is Hannah doing now? Hannah is applying for her PhD. Wow. Bravo. And yeah, yeah. So she's, um, yeah, she's going to get her, you know, go to get her PhD. I'm not allowed to really say where she's going, but we're very pleased with it. That's so exciting. We're hearing Hannah on. Yeah. Yeah. Hannah, Hannah's everything. She said to me the other day, um, she, you know, it's so funny because she's so tall, right? And she's so beautiful. And she, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't go along with this extreme academics, you know, that she applied for the Rose Scholar, Bloom, her PhD, you know, speaking to Glasgow University about some typical, you know, 500 BC coin. So I call her the sexy academic. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I like that. That's a good you know, the, the academic in YSL. The other day she, I swear to God, I was doing my book. And everyone around her is good looking. That's so weird. I was having my book party last August and Hannah, her friend from London was here and I forgot that Savannah was here. She's like six feet tall too. So I was sitting in the corner and I see these Amazonian girls walk in. Of course, Hannah's wearing one of my old, you know, YSL dresses and Savannah's wearing like a Prada dress. And I'm thinking, who are those great looking models that have just walked in? And of course, Hannah's like, hey mom, what's up? I'm like, it just, you know, so you would never think of her in that way. So it's, it's, it's just very funny to me when I see her. Because I see her as little Hannah. Yeah. You do still see her with the, the British accent? <laughs> All the time. And there's sometimes when I'm, I'll see a picture of her, I'm so much smaller. Like, But like the other day, I was yelling at her about something, and I'm like this. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. How, how, how did she, how was she able to break her little English accent? 
because you don't hear it at all. Well, you don't, but she's, she, well, she came here at seven, seven, but she can go back and fall into it right, right away. More, yeah. and, and she can fall into her Scottish accent. Very, but you would love Hannah. Hannah has me down perfectly. She imitates me. She was imitating me to someone the other day and they were pissing themselves. She's like, this is my mother. I'm tired. I'm just not tired, sleep tired. I'm tired of life. I'm tired from the inside out and you make me tired, Hannah. She's like, that's my mother's mantra. And then 10 minutes later, she's perfectly fine. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> Oh goodness. Okay, mom. I know. I, 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 I've ruined your life. No, you haven't ruined my life. But enough is enough now, Hannah. <laughs> That's <Yeah. okay. laughs> You know what? Wow. You're too old for me to tell you how it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was really excited to get to the chance to see you and Jill on um a, on, on a so show together. But my question to you was: Is how did you have find you seen? Have you seen us on the show together? No, but oh, oh, oh! You mean that you see as part of the cast? Yes, like I'm excited. Like, what have What have you seen that I haven't seen? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um, no, I, I, I'm just I'm so excited for it because I, I have to say, out of all of my Roni housewives, you are my number one, and I love, love, love Jill. So it's yeah, really great. like exciting for me. Um, but I want to know, how did you find out you were being casted? Did Andy call you and say, hey, we want to use Bluestone Manor and, you know, come along for the ride? Or I mean, how did it go? Like, did you did you get a call? Basically, basically that just would you consider filming up a Bluestone? You know, we all saw uh, real. We, we saw the girls trip ultimate one and they wanted to do a girls trip ultimate two. And then they said, would you consider doing it at Bluestone Manor? And I thought, why not? Okay, so and giving, that was. Were you giving Luann a call and saying, "Hey, so what was it like to to be with all the other girls? Like any tips?" No, you know, on the first season, you know, I don't really. I'm very organic about it. He kind of called me, and then I was like, "He's like, what do you think about this person?" I'm like, "Whoever you want to bring." You know, I'm very easy like that. Did you yeah. get any phone calls? So, like on the first season, we saw like everybody's like, "Oh, we called," and everybody was talking, you know, trying to no. find out about. There was nobody really. I really, I really, really didn't. I kind of was like, and it kind of happened very, very organically. Once I gave the green light, then it went to my agent, and then, then like three weeks later or four weeks later, they told me who the cast was going to be, and then like four weeks later, we just started filming. Awesome. I can't wait. That's and it was a and how, and how long you guys filmed eight days or, or was it eight day? It was supposed to be three, four days, but because of and then we were going to go somewhere else because remember we were still in COVID. Yeah. So we couldn't go anywhere else. So they ended up extending it for another four days at Bluestone Manor, which was like a little long for me to tell you the truth. Like, I think it would have been great, but I think it's going to be great content. I can't wait to see. I, I am mean, obsessed with the entire cast. And, you know, everyone keeps teasing it and saying, like, I think Andy's even said this is actually better than the first one. So, I mean, he's been I setting the bar so. really well. Hard. I, I think it's going to be, I mean, listen, you never know how it's going to, the one thing they have is tons of content. Now, how they edit it, you know, I pray to God it's okay. Listen, I got to go into hiding in June, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> was, there, was there anybody that you were like, ooh, I'm really excited to meet them. I haven't met them, or I'm a little... Yes, Phaedra and Eva. I got very close to them. I didn't really know them well. Um, but then the rest I pretty much knew. Oh, Taylor, I got to meet, which who I didn't really know at all. Oh, yeah. um, but the rest I kind of knew. Not super, like I didn't know Vicky super well, but I knew her because I'd been at events with her and dinners and stuff. Um, 
Yeah, but Phaedra and Eve, I, I really was excited to meet and really had, had a great time with them. Like, got very close. Yeah, they they are they are also some fan favorites for sure. I mean, Phaedra is another one we were so happy to see back. Phaedra's on amazing. Yeah, she's so funny. Um, so uh, we were just wondering, you know, if you could share with us at all, who would your dream uh, Roni legacy cast be? This is what well, everyone I, wants to know right now. I I will definitely. I think. Listen, I think there's definitely Luann. I would love for me to be on. Um, Definitely Sonia. You know, we have to have Ramona, like her or not. You know, you have to have her because she's great TV. Um, and then probably Jill, definitely, because she's um, she'd be. I'd love to see Jill back on with Ramona and all the people. Bethany, of course, because she's like a top player. You know what I mean? Um, and then I don't know. Maybe some of the old Kelly Benson. I mean, there's so many good ones. There's so many good ones. When you go back, Kelly Benson was great. Alex McCord was great. Aviva was great. You know, but that's the great thing about the New York Housewives. There, were, I would like to see Jules. She won't come back. You know, she, that's, she's yeah. not part. But I thought Jules was a great housewife. We I did wish too. That they, I, I wish that they could do it in a way that it was like they wrote, like had a main group and then rotated some of like all the oldies showed up. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. I that also think be it'd be really cool. Cause you know, Alex lives in Australia now. So maybe well, I there's suggested that, that we all Australia. go to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Let's great? do it. I'm manifesting that. Cause that would be so good. But yeah, Kelly's, I think another really top, top pick for a lot of people. She's a great girl. We, we talked to her a couple months ago and She's a great girl. She's visually beautiful. She's built this great career in real estate. You know, always interesting. Yeah, she was definitely, definitely a fun one to chat with. And and 100%. She had so much knowledge. I mean, she had, and her career has been astonishing too. So it was really fun to, to chat with her. But I have to tell you, Dorinda, this has been an absolute dream for us. Like, yeah. Like you have exceeded all of our expectations, and oh my, my heart God, that's so happy. I know oh, we're, we so feel nice. fulfilled now. Yeah, we were. Well, I love that. Well, I mean, we. Um, I just want to get my book. My my paperback's coming out May twenty second. So, Blue Star Man is still hard copy, still available on Amazon, and of course we have. God, I'm losing my voice. Can you imagine? And then of course we have my bourbon, Blue Star Man of Bourbon, which you're going to see on the master of because we do a beautiful bourbon dinner. Lovely. Can everyone the find the bourbon for everyone at, at home listening? You can you can find the bourbon at bluestermanorbourbon.com. And then you can find the candles and the Christmas ornaments at bluestermanorhome.com. Can you hide my voice? Do I sound terrible? No, no you sound great. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I um spoke with you one time before on a live, and I don't know if you remember talking to me because you probably talked to yes, me. Yes, I do. But you complimented me on my Christmas tree, and that was like a compliment of all compliments. I was like, Miss so Christmas? <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> so I that was that definitely that stays with me too. But um, but thank you again for, for being here with us. So and for everyone at home, just remember you can find Ariel at Bravo and T and myself at that Bravo Gay on Instagram. And of course, Dorinda, you know where to find her. It's pretty hard <laughs> not to do. Exactly. <laughs> and, That's right. And, and so then, until next time, guys. Cheers. Clap, clap. <laughs> and just remember everyone's a critic. <laughs>